Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Janice M and I'm a grateful, a recovered compulsive overeater and your moderator for today. Today is Monday, it's October 24th, 2016. Today we're reading from the big book and we're in chapter 11, a vision for you. And we're gonna begin reading on page 157. We're going to revisit that sixth paragraph and the reader will read paragraph seven and will comment on that paragraph ending and told him about this course of action that they carried out. Well, today's readers are the 1208 steps are gonna be Lisa B, the 1208 traditions, Anne-Marie M, the readers for the text will be Amanda R, Judy S, and Arini M. The reference number for yesterday's Sunday, our special edition meeting of October 23rd, is 9197. That's 9197. Um, entitled, We Have Ceased Fighting Anything and Anyone and given by a John A. from Maryland. Our OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Now, this is our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our meeting, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lisa B. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, this is Lisa B., a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and the 12 steps of OA. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. And thank you so much, Lisa B. I will now ask Anne-Marie M. to please read the 12th tradition. Good morning, Janice. This is Anne-Marie M., compulsive overeater. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as as such, but never be organized. But we may create service boards or committees directly to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity of, I'm sorry, of, I can't read, a level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles, before personalities. Thank you. And thank you so much, Anne Maria. This is how our meeting works here. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing is directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you've done sharing, please let us know by saying pass. Then please remember to press star one to mute, pardon me, to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Okay, today we're going to continue our study of the big book, and we're going to 
begin on page 157. That's going to be paragraph six. Our reader will read that paragraph for context and will comment on the next paragraph. And uh, I will now ask Amanda ah, to please begin reading. Good morning. This is Amanda R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. Yes, that's me, said the sick man, the very image. You fellows know your stuff all right, but I don't see what good it'll do. You fellows are somebody. I was once, but I'm a nobody now. From what you tell me, I know more than ever I can't stop. At this, both the visitors burst into a laugh. Said the future fellow of of said the future fellow anonymous, damn little to laugh about that I can see. The two fellows spoke of their spiritual experience and told him about the course of action they carried out. I was uh reading this this morning and um I was thinking about, you know, my that I only carry my spiritual experience and the course of action I have carried out. I think I tend at times my my inclination can be to sort of launch into big ideas and theories and you know that's not that's actually a very ineffective way of carrying the message because um I'm I'm only here to carry what I know what I've experienced. And part of that for me is, you know, the the spiritual experience. It's not like a certificate I have on my wall, like one official spiritual experience received, you know, check that off the list. (laughs) I kind of thought that way in the beginning. Um, And it's it's easy to sort of fall into that way of thinking where... um, you know, we've I've gotten through step nine there, got the spiritual experience done. It's a everyday carrying on everyday thing. And when I ask each morning in, in step eleven, you know, what can I do each day for the man who is still sick? Often um a good part of the, the answer I receive is, you know, keep my own side of the street cleaned up, keep myself open to my higher power keep my life on on even keel with God. And so, you know, in order to share my spiritual experience with others, that means when I'm restless, irritable, and discontent, instead of sort of denying or rationalizing it away, I do a tenth step. I go through the, the that step and, you know, it, it frees me to be available for others and to offer them what I've received. Otherwise, I'm, you know, kind of grumpy and not really present and just not as helpful. And that's my purpose now. I'm, I want to carry this message to other people um, and see them set free as well. Um, is very possible, very, very possible for anybody who can honestly follow these steps. So that's all I have to say. I'll pass. Well, thank you, Amanda. Okay, we're going to open up the meeting. Who would like to share on paragraph seven? This is Sharon. 
Kim G. We have, we have Sharon. What Larry. is it, Sharon S? Sharon W. Sharon, Charles H. Oh, Sharon W. Yeah, Charles. I got you, babe. Charles H. And then I heard, I think I heard Kim. I heard Kim G. And I heard Larry. And whom else did I hear? One more for this group. Did I miss somebody? All right, let's go with those four. Sharon W., please go ahead. Good morning. I am Sharon from Atlanta, a composer overeater. And here, the guy, I can just imagine him thinking, who in the world are these people and what do they want with me? But he didn't run away. He stayed there. So to me, that means that he had a little hope deep down. And it says that the two uh, friends spoke of their spiritual experience and um, and told them about the course of action. And the spiritual experience, of course, is God. And also the course of action is the 12 steps. And so, um, like I said, I, I believe that he was hopeless, but still a little hope there, thinking maybe these guys have something that I really need. With that, I pass. Well, thank you, Sharon W. Okay, Charles H., it's your turn. Good morning, Janice, and thank you for your, your loyal service. Charles H., a, a recovered compulsive overreader just for today. Um, so, so the shift is from, is from the, the, the alcohol to the, the course of action. And, and it really didn't take long looking at, the, um, looking at the text, going back a couple of paragraphs. It really didn't take long. He got dried out. He was probably tight that, it, that his wife talked to two guys, but then he calmed down. He simmered down. When he, when he found out those two guys were drunks. And then he was still tight again that they put him in a separate room, you know, the other the other five times he was in a ward. But, um, man, things happen greatly when you, when you dry out, right? And um, so the two friends spoke of their spiritual experience and told him about the course of action. So, um, yeah, they told him about, about, about the inventory and, and, and how it could clean them up. You know, I you know, I, certain times on the line, I remember. Um, you know, I can remember the paragraph before when people was laughing. You know, um, and I and I'll keep it real. In in Virginia Beach, you know, where's the ketchup? And I could see people chuckling, but you know, I can laugh at that today because that's my experience. That you know, the shift from um from feeling deprived to feeling elated, like broken, right, and repaired in the same vessel. The elation that I hear when people break this thing down, the close study of the text is what's going to get us better. And and this man, Bill D, is um, receptive at this point, like the first, the previous speaker just mentioned, that he's there's a glimmer of hope. He's ready to try this thing. Man, he tried everything else, right? So they explain the spiritual side of this thing, man, on, on the way, on the bus, couldn't wait to get to 7 a.m. You know, I was able to practice uh, step 11 and get my thoughts right because I, I'm, I'm, I need to be reset every single day, every single morning. Um, 
and you know, let's see what else is going to happen. Um, and I want to hear from from my beautiful sisters and brothers because you guys chop this thing down more than chop suey, and it's it's spiritual chopped up. Thank you. I pass. <laughs> And thank you so much, Charles. Okay, good morning to you. Kim G, you're up. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. The two friends spoke of the spiritual experience and told them about the course of action that they, that they carried out. And you know, I think to myself, is that what we're doing in our meetings? Is that what I'm doing as a recovered person? You know, because I think to myself when I first came into OA, what I was told was get 21 days of abstinence and start sponsoring so really, the only thing I was carrying was the food plan I was handed at my first meeting. You know, for me, many years, unfortunately, in OA, what I thought sponsoring was was being someone's diet buddy and their life coach. And here we're being shown what they were carrying back then, which is what led to the success rates that we read about in, in the uh, forward to the second edition. So first, they carry the problem. And when the person identifies in and says, how did you escape? Then they tell them about the spiritual experience and that plan of action. So, you know, we often hear about the spiritual experience, the spiritual experience. You know, to me, the most beautiful description of that is on page 27, when Carl Jung is talking to Roland Hazard. And Roland is, is drunk again and wonders, what can he do? And the, Carl Jung says, I, as a doctor, can do nothing more for you. So on page 27, it describes what that spiritual experience is. It says, here and there, once in a while, alcoholics have had what are called vital spiritual experiences. To me, these occurrences are a phenomena. They appear to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements. Ideas, emotions, attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men, are suddenly cast to one side, and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. So that plan of action is what's going to create that spiritual experience. So ideas, emotions, and attitudes are once the guiding forces. Let's look at our, let's look at our inventory process. You know, in steps four and five, we identify those resentments, those fears, those sex conducts, those harms that we've done to others, and they're cast to one side. In six and seven, we identify those character defects which have been blocking us, our selfishness, our dishonesty, our, our self-seeking, our fear, our inconsiderate nature, and those are cast to one side. And then in eight and nine, we identify those, um, the, the guilt, the shame, the remorse we have about hurting others, and they're cast to one side. So that plan of action is we learn the skill set of four through nine, which gives us that spiritual awakening. We implement that skill set in 10 and 11. And then in step 12, we carry the message to the still suffering. It's such a simple process that we complicate. You know, we talk about the daily reprieve. The daily reprieve in this book is introduced when we get through the steps. I get unblocked, and I have to remain unblocked by consistently implementing this, this program of action. Unfortunately, for many 12-step programs, what we've done is we've watered down that message to one day at a time, I'm going to white-knuckle my food using human aid. So this spiritual experience is the absolute essence of why the 12-step program exists. And with that, I pass. And thank you so much, Kim G. Okay, it is your turn, Larry K. Thank you, Janice. Thanks for my turn. Um, okay, Larry K., Recovered Compulsive Breeder. Um, you know when you know they talked about an action. If we if we put this in context, when 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 Bill and Dr. Bob visited Dotson, they made some very simple points. And, and if you put it in the context of what we try to do, it's it's the same thing today in 2016 as it was then. You know they they asked uh, Bill Dotson if he wanted to quit, 
you know, let's not presume that someone wants to quit. They, they asked him if he could do it by himself. If you could do it by yourself, you're wasting your time on this line. Uh, then they asked him if he admitted that he had a drinking problem. Do you have this problem? Then they, they asked him if he, wanted, if he wanted help. Do you want help? And would he ask for help? And then they said, you know, they, they said that the action had to come from him and that if he wasn't interested, they would be on their way. They wouldn't waste his time. Very simple message. And you know what they did next? Then they asked him if he believed in a higher power. Because you know what? This is a spiritual program. And if you are that power, then, then continue to try to do, to do it yourself and see how that works. Maybe, maybe it'll work. It didn't work for me. Had to come from a power outside of myself. They asked him that. And then they told him that if he sought and received help, it, you know what? It, it was going to be necessary for him to help others as well. He, must, he was told he's going to have to take this message to others. They laid that foundation out from the beginning. And, and then they told him that, that he needed to call on God for help. He needed to call on this higher power for help. And then, you know, in their absence, in their absence uh, Dotson reflected, and he did ask for God's help. And on, on the return of Bill and Dr. Bob, um, I read historically that, that you know, his wife um, declared, you know, he, or he declared to his wife that he was leaving and he never drank again. That was July 4th, 1935. You know, simple but not easy. So, yes, there's a, there's a program of action, but there are, some, there are some preliminary things that we have to take a look at first. And, uh, and this, this program worked then, and you know what? It still works today. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. And thank you so much, Larry Kay. Okay. Who else would like to comment on paragraph seven? Dora from Maine. Dora. Okay. Dora, what's your first initial to your last name? M. Okay. Dora M. And then I heard Arini. I heard Arini. M. And uh, Melissa C. Next. Next. Anybody? All right. Let's go with those three. Dora M., it's your turn, please. Okay. Hi. Thank you. Um, Dora M. from Maine, recovered compulsive overeater. And um, first I'm sharing on the line, and this paragraph that actually prompted me to do this. I've been thinking about it for a while, but um, to me it uh, really talks about two parts of this program, the spiritual experience and the course of action and um, in the doctor's opinion it talks about how we work out our solution on the spiritual as well as the altruistic plane so again the spiritual and the action and um, that's what keeps me going and what I need to remember is that yes God you know my higher power is of utmost importance but also of utmost importance is the action that I take daily for myself to keep centered so that I can be a service to others. And with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Yeah, thank you, Dora M. Okay, we have Arini, please. Arini? Thank thank you for your love and service, Janice. 
Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini from New York, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. Spiritual experience and the course of action. You know, I had a very deep desire of thirst and hunger to be connected because I was so disconnected. And I also had to have an intimate relationship with God. And I needed to place myself where God can bless me. So I had to do my part. I had to meet God halfway. And he would carry me through the rest. So once I shared my story with another, they got to identify in and realize, oh my gosh, that's my story. We have the same story. But I stand in the light of the Spirit for today, being recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, that twofold disease, the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind, not being able to stop once I started. They saw that. They get that. That's their story because that's my story. And if we have the same problem, well, that means we have the same solution. And, and that's where they can see seemingly hopeless. They can see hope in the seemingly hopeless. That's where the guide can shed some light, their light, onto their darkness. And it's not just about having knowledge in our minds. That, that does nothing without action. What do we do with this knowledge? So we need to bring it down into our hearts and together with God push it down into our feet so then we become the knowledge, which is the course of action. So we need to meet God halfway. Thank you, and I pass. Well, thank you, Irene. Okay, Melissa C., you're up. Hi, good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, you know, when I see the words um, spiritual experience um, and course of action, I'm really comforted because um, it doesn't say spiritual conviction, spiritual belief system, um, you know, which was what kind of tripped me up for so long. I would see the word God, and and I had my own um, private uh, prejudices against God. And so, um, you know, as, when I would hear that at first, my interpretation was someone's going to tell me what I have to believe. Someone's going to tell me, you know, their vision of God. And um, that's not what it's saying here at all. You know, when, when we carry the message to other people, we don't give them their definition of a higher power. We don't, you know, when I share um, with people my spiritual experience, it's my experience that led me to have a spiritual connection. That part I can share, you know, and the experience that I've had have come from the course of action. You know, I've, I've taken certain actions, and then I experience the world in a different way, and then I have a relationship with a higher power. And, you know, um, when you're really beaten down by this disease, um, 
at least for me, there were no other alternatives left. You know, I, I couldn't ask anyone anymore for a diet. You know, it doesn't say here we hand them a really good diet and then their the ability to stay away from the food comes at once. You know, that's not what happens here. We get, I got um, food sober and then my attention was, um, I, I could pay attention enough because the food was out of my system. And then when I'm paying attention enough, then I'm really embarking on a course of action. And so, you know, my spiritual experience has been, um, it was slow. It was a quiet realization that my heart is still beating. I, I want, uh, there was some hope still alive in me because I was listening. And so there must be some reason. And, and then I embarked on some actions. And, and through the actions, um, I've had a spiritual awakening. You know, and so I'm so grateful that um, this program is really open to all. I love where it says, you know, always inclusive, never exclusive. And um, that's what I hear here. Thank you so much. And with that, I'll tap. And thank you so much, Melissa C. Is there anyone else that would like to comment? Renata. Okay, Renata. And whom else? I think I'm going to go next just for a little bit after Renata. Okay, Renata, please go. Thank you, Janice, for your service. Good morning, family. This is Renata G., Recovered Compulsive Reading, Istanbul. I want to focus on the word action and... Uh, two things that are coming to mind for me are, you know, when I came to this program, I I wanted to take the actions that I wanted to take, right? Like I, 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 I took self-willed actions. My actions were, you know, let me try this new diet. Let me go look for that doctor. Let me, you know, try this new gym. These were the actions that I was willing to take and that never solve my problem at all. It never uh, fixed my thinking or took me away from my misery. And, you know, the other thing about action was that, you know, when I understood, right, just like Bill and Bob are in Bill D's room uh, and they're recovered people, they have experienced, you know, the, the power of this program. They're free from their disease. You know, I had people from Vision for You give that example to me. And I had to have humility to follow the actions that were being presented to me by recovered people. You know, and being in disease, of course I didn't feel like taking any actions, like going through the steps. I felt like, excuse my language, like shit all the time, depressed and miserable. I didn't want to do any of that. And I wasn't even sure it would work. But if I was still waiting until I felt like taking actions, maybe I wouldn't even be here today. Maybe I would be dead, you know. So what I've learned so far in this program is that I need to do my part. I need to ask my higher power for help and then take action. doesn't matter if I don't feel like it, if I you know, think it's going to be hard or I can't figure how it's going to work, it doesn't matter. My job is to take the actions that are being presented to me in that moment for today. And it always works. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Renata G. I usually don't take uh, the moderator's time, but I'm going to take a couple of um, minutes here if I put on my timer. 
Um, this is Janice. I'm Janice M. And I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. The two friends, notice, they were friends. They weren't capital friends. They weren't a god. Because when, when Bill writes in this book and refers to a higher power, he capitalizes it because it's a very important word. So these two friends spoke of what? The very important word, there, there their own experience. They didn't tell about like some, you know, a concept or something that they read or their religion or what, whatever, about their spiritual experience. And they didn't tell about their physical experience. They told about the spiritual experience. You know, spiritual, I have a spiritual malady and that's kind of hard to understand, you know, because it's not religion. So spiritual and physical are two different things. Um, We know that they told of their spiritual experiences after they came to uh, Bill Dobson and told them the problem, that how powerless they were, how they couldn't, you know, that they they couldn't stop. And, And, of course, Bob, you know, Bill identified with that, that they needed another power other than themselves. So once I am convinced, I have to be convinced first, before any action can be taken. If, you, if I don't know that I'm powerless and I still have that lurking notion that someday, somehow, I'm going to find it like I did because that's my experience. Oh, yeah, I knew I was a compulsive overeater. You know, I knew, uh, but, but I didn't know, know how, to, how to fix it. So what they're doing is they're telling us about a spiritual experience, something that's unseen, but it's a result. They had a result. That's what a course of action is. A course reminds me of a, um, well, if we're compulsive overeaters, it could be five courses of food. And you had to do the first one, and then you had the second one. And But the course is a path to get the result. And this is what he's, they're, they're sharing their experience, how it happened to them, how they got that result of what? Of having had a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps and today they don't have that obsession for one day didn't say you know i'm going to be cured that for one day they do not have that mental obsession which is my problem and i and therefore if i don't have the mental obsession that i'm not driven to pick up that food that creates that phenomenon of craving so they're giving us a course a way out for the spiritual result Because the spiritual result is not seen yet. Okay? That's what we, see, we can't see spiritual. You know, we know it, we feel it, like I'm unkind, intolerant, etc. Not like the physical, the weight. So this is what what the real problem is. And um, this is how they they got, they found a way out. So with that, um, I think I'm going to go on to that next reader, to our next reader, Judy S., to begin reading on page 157, the last paragraph. Thank you, Janice. This is Judy S. I'm a compulsive overeater from upstate, recovered compulsive overeater from upstate New York. He interrupted, I used to be strong for the church, but that won't fix it. I've prayed to God on hangover mornings and sworn that I'd never touch another drop but by 9 o'clock, I'd be boiled as an owl. Well, 
um, that last little I'd be boiled as an owl, I'm I just I'm assuming that that means he was drunk again. Um, it'd be interesting to know where that expression came from. But um, the the first thing is, you know, he interrupted, and I can't, you know, I, I that just reminds me of me when I first came into the program. You know, I wanted what people had, but you know, I would interrupt my sponsor when she was, you know, guiding me through these steps, you know, I'd go, but, but, you know, I constantly interrupted um, because I didn't know how to listen. Um, And, you know, I'm a different person now. Um, And so, you know, he was listening to these guys talk about their um, spiritual experience and then, you know, what he, what they did. And, you know, at, at some point it was just too much for him. So he had to interrupt and say, but, you know, I used, I used to be, you know, strong for the church. I was, you know, he was probably very religious, who knows. And then he, you know, pray to God on hangover mornings. Um, so, you know, there's many of us in this program that believe in God and, you know, our churchgoers and, and, you know, very, very religious people and believe in God. But that did not fix it. Like he said, that doesn't fix it. And he was like, you know, you know, that's where he was at right in that moment. You know, he prayed to God. He he tried that. What he was saying is, well, I've tried this. And, and, you know, and then in the morning I prayed to God, you know, well, you know, it, it reminds me of my sponsor saying, you know, yeah, it's great that you called me after you picked up. But you know what? The point is, you know, and this is this is what he did. You know, he he drank and got drunk, and then he prayed to God that you know he didn't want to touch another drop, and that was what I did over and over again. I'd pick up, and then I'd call my sponsor and say, "Oh, I picked up again." Well, the point is to get that relationship, you know, work on that connection with God, get out of the food before you start this spiritual journey. And then, if you want to pick up, you pray to God before you pick up. But that that feeling of um, swearing off that I'd never touch another drop, you know, in the addiction cycle, you know, we binge and we binge. And then, you know, Sunday night, I'm never going to do this again or any night, you know, I'm never going to do this again. But by, you know, nine o'clock in the morning, I'd be binging again. So I can really relate to what this guy is going through here. And with that, I pass. Janice, we don't hear you. Janice, we don't hear you. Thank you, ladies. (laughs) I'm talking away. Who would like to comment on this paragraph, please? Harley. Reva P. I heard Nancy R. And I heard um, whom? Whom else? Harlan G. Sarah J. Sarah W. Harlan G. Harlan. Harlan. Oh my goodness, my Harlan. Okay, Harlan G. (laughs) And Gladys. (laughs) And Gladys. Gladys. What's the first initial of your last name? F. S as in Sam? Frank. Okay, got it, Gladys. And one more. Anybody Reba else? Kathy. 
Reva, I heard before, too. Reva P. One more? Kathy K. Kathy K. Oh, let's go with that nice group. Okay, Nancy R., you're up, please. Thank you. Hi, thank you. Good morning. I'm Nancy Ara. I truly am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. He interrupted, I used to be strong for the church. And that really described me uh, when I came into the program. I am the daughter of a minister, of, um, and I, I just knew I had this God thing down, and there was nothing anybody could tell me. Um, I could uh, recite all of the catechisms. I knew them all by heart. I could recite the burying of the dead. I had memorized even the um, the marrying ceremonies. Uh, I, I had memorized all of that. So I really had that God thing down pat. And then coming into this program, I really discovered that what I really had was a lot of religion and no relationship with God. It was a very difficult process uh, for me to let go a lot of my uh, childhood conceptions. But the severity of this disease, I was so beaten down that I finally became willing to really listen to what was being said. You know, it said a God of my understanding. I didn't have a God of my understanding. I had the God that had been drilled into me as a kid. And only, I mean, only when I became so beaten down by this disease was I able to even open up and be, and become open because I felt that I was rejecting my father and his wonderful teachings. Oh, I'm so grateful that this program has helped me to evolve into a to a person who has a personal relationship with my higher power. And I've let go and I've uh, picked up and I've taken back some of the ideas. Uh, they were good people, you know, and they had their own uh, relationship. I had to find my own. And uh, I am so grateful to Ovidas Anonymous because that's what it has helped me to do. Find a working really find a high, find, to really truly find a higher power for the first time and to develop a relationship that keeps me one day at a time. Thank you for letting me share. And thank you, Nancy R. Please go ahead, Harlan G. Please go ahead. (laughs) Thank you, Janice. Thank you for your service. Uh, I'm going to back up a paragraph, if I may. Please excuse me. But the the, the main object of this book is to help you find a power greater than yourself which will solve your problem. That's on page 45. That's the thesis line of the book. In the forward to the first edition, it says, it is the purpose of this book, excuse me, in chapter two, it says, it is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. In the forward to the first edition, it says, the main purpose of this book is to show, not tell, show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered. And when we look at the paragraph, the short one, they're both short. But the, the one that says they laugh and then they describe the program of action, this is them carrying the message. And if the main object of this book is to help somebody find a power greater than themselves which will solve their problem, then it becomes the main purpose of my life. Because it's not just about the book, it's about my life. And so when they're talking to him, 
they are showing him in the flesh the message that they were clear-skinned, that they weren't drunk, that they weren't slurring their words, that they weren't unhappy, and they were laughing. The reason that they could be laughing is they weren't under the gun of the alcohol. And how many times, going to the second, going to the second little paragraph, it's, it says here, by 9 a.m. he was boiled as an owl, which means drunk. I would get up in the morning, and after about an hour of my resentment replay machine, I would run that for about an hour, and then I would run my get-even-with-them machine. They're not going to treat me like that. Next time I see her, the next time I see him, the next time I see them, that's my get-even machine. Then I would run my machine of, I'm not eating that way anymore. And the next conscious thing I was doing was eating specifically what I had just vowed to God I would never eat again. And that was my life, day after day, month after month, year after year. Renata said she felt like, you know what, I did too. And I didn't want to live in this world, but now I do. And the greatest gift in this world, the greatest gift in this world is to live this way. And the greatest gift in this world is to live in these steps. They weren't telling him about the 12 steps of AA. There was no such thing. They were telling him about the six steps of the Oxford Group Movement because in 1935, there was no AA 12 steps as we know them today. And what were they doing? They were encouraging him to follow in their path. And the greatest thing we can do today for the still sick compulsive overeater is encourage them to follow in our path to these 12 miraculous steps. This is the greatest way of life imaginable. And with that, I'll pass. Ditto. Thank you so much, Holland G. Okay, Gladys up. It's your turn. Star one. Hello? Yes, Gladys. Hello? Hi. My name is Gladys, a compulsive overeater. Um. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. I also wanted to like kind of go. I wanted to share a little bit on the previous paragraph, but I didn't get a chance. So I'm going to try to tie it in because um, <clears throat> my experience that uh, I've always heard that uh, the program <clears throat> is a, a very simple uh, program, but for complicated people, and for me, and that. Uh, that really, really short paragraph, it's like it's the proof. That's the proof uh, because I know just that word spiritual alone has always been like a stumbling block for me. And and, and then I had the uh, privilege of reading uh, a 1932 dictionary, and it was like so many uh, definitions of just that uh, one word. So I really appreciated how... Kim kind of, you know, took us back to uh, page 27 um, because, because that, you know, she took us back to page 27 to kind of show us what they meant by spiritual experiences because it, it, to me it just kind of conjure up, conjure up all the things that, you know, I've learned as far as this uh, religious belief uh and it seemed like it's like kind of a, an attack on that. But and then later on, uh, the person he 
back when he when he spoke behind that, he kind of showed that that he thought it was really about his uh, religious teachings, and he had you know, and all of that had failed him. But my sponsor now is helping me to see that he, she simplifies things for me using a big book, and that it's just really like a rearranging of my thinking, you know, about everything. So thank you for letting me share. And thank you so much, Gladys F. Okay, Reva P., it's your turn. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Two things struck me in this paragraph. First of all, the word interrupted. Um, And that reminds me that if I want to get the recovery that I see in other people, I have to do what they tell me to do. And there's no buts. Yeah, yeah, it worked for you, but that won't work for me. Yeah, yeah, you did it that way. But, you know, I think I'll just do it my own way um, because I don't feel like doing all that work. Um, And I also see it from the other side, you know, when people that I'm sponsoring to interrupt the process Like if I'm only at step two, I don't get the promises of step 10. Um, It's very simple. So, you know, if I'm going to interrupt in the middle of the step work and go back to the food, I'm not going to get what recovered people have. And to just follow through the process, don't interrupt it, don't make excuses, just do what I'm told. And the second thing that struck me in this paragraph is, again, the difference between religion and spirituality and that saying that, you know, prayer without action is just begging and doesn't get much results. Because I had a lot of religious education, but I didn't have access to the God that I learned about in those religion uh, classes. And if power lack of power is my dilemma, I have to be able to access that power. And the only way for a real compulsive overeater like me to access power is to get rid of all the blocks. There's like a whole bunch of rocks on the road. Somebody once gave me an analogy, and I can't get to my destination if there's rocks all over the highway. So I have to remove the blocks, and then the path is clear, and then I can access the power um, And with that, I pass. Did you call me, Janice? This is Kathy Kay. Sure did. Hi, Kathy. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, This is Kathy Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater from Boston. Um, You know, I'm really struck by um, how my atheistic and agnostic life um, led me to a very different experience than what I've heard others share this morning. Um, you know, I I didn't do what Bill Dawson did. I didn't pray to a God and swear that I'll never touch another bite but become boiled as an owl shortly thereafter. It never even occurred to me uh, to ask God for help because I didn't have God in my life. Um, and in some ways, um, today I can see in a way it was uh, somewhat of a blessing for me because I could just start from the very beginning since I had never really 
given credence or practiced um, prayer in any form, I just kept asking fellow travelers, how do you pray, what, what do you do to access your higher power? And I started doing those behaviors um, and for quite a while did not experience anything extraordinary, but I continued to do it because I wanted recovery, and I was told that um, if I took certain actions, then I would recover. Um, And I'm so grateful that I listened to that and I got a consistent message about it because over time, those quiet moments that I sat in the morning with Uh, spiritual literature at my side began to take on meaning for me uh, to the point where if I skipped a morning, I would miss it. And then I knew that that I was developing a connection with a power greater than myself, though I really, it took a really long time before I could even articulate that. So I want to give hope to those who come at it from having not had any conception of God in their lives like it was true for me. The other thing I'll mention is that um, Jung's discussion way back, um, I think it was, I don't know if it was in the doctor's opinion or somewhere else, where he talked about an emotional rearrangement. I began to experience that, and I understood that in my frame of reference because I had been in therapy and never able to achieve that emotional rearrangement. But as I worked the steps and took my quiet time every day, I started to notice little by little that my reactions to things outside myself began to shift. And indeed, something was happening. Thank you, and I pass. Yeah, I hate to do that. But I, I'd like to get one more person in for about a couple of minutes. Who would like to share? Would someone like Wayne to C. share next? Who? Wayne C. Yeah, Wayne. Please go ahead. Wrap it up for us. Wayne, okay, well, you know, excuse me, I don't know if I'm the best guy because I'm pretty close to the fire still with my little 82 days of back-to-back. But you know what? I'll take it. Um, yeah, yeah. Just want to echo, I think, what was said in the sort of couple opening comments. Uh, one of them being, you know, um, just what we're not. And like, you know, pardon me. Like I said, I'm pretty still close to the fire, and uh, I can say that, yeah, it's it's really bizarre what's going on out there and uh, in, in the twelve step world. You know, there's this new saying, um, at least up here in one of the meetings I went to, is that you can be too recovered. And, you know, I, I wondered, what what, is it, what do they mean by that? And I think what they mean by that is that it's like, I think in some ways it's some sort of indirect way of um, people not getting it, but they're still trying to work it and are not doing it early. And I think that's sort of what's sort of faking it, you know, or what they're saying is a lot of just confusion. And, uh, yeah, I would I would give, you know, our, our, our wonderful Bill, Bill D a fifty fifty chance in today's AA. In fact, uh, he'd probably have a better chance with me sponsoring him with my step four, quite frankly. But uh, yeah, it's a tough. If anybody would even go see him at the hospital, you know, good luck, Bill. 
you know, but you're you're goner, man, in today's world. Uh, so thank God for visions, and that's what I'm trying to say. I mean, I'm really, I can't tell you how grateful I am to stumble across you guys and just sort of what you guys are um, are doing. And uh, and like I said, I'm, you know, six years of slugging it out there in the uh, in the 12-step community and uh, just absolutely getting decimated um, by very good people, well-meaning people. And I'm not saying that there's not good people out there who are doing their thing, and maybe I ran from them, I don't know, but... Uh, Boy, is it ever, I just express my sincere gratitude to you guys because, I mean, you know, even with my step four and, and the pain that it's, you know, somewhat generating, I still feel hopeful and I feel like, you know, I've hit the jackpot and uh, in some respects, not to be too dramatic, but I'm very, very grateful for you guys. And, and I think I need to say that till the cows come home. So uh, thank you for letting me share. Pass. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Wayne, and thank you to everyone who has shared um, this morning. Uh, Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close in with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will, Irene M., please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be successful. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Janice. Good morning. My name is Irini, and I'm very grateful, recovered, compulsive, overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you have in God. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.